And I'd like to ask you this evening to grab God's Word with me and open to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians in chapter number 3. We'll be looking at a passage of Scripture this evening. It's a prayer. And it's a prayer of the Apostle Paul. And uh, I like the book of Ephesians. I don't know that I understand all of it yet, uh, or if I ever will, but uh, I'm drawn to this passage this evening. And I just want to share a few thoughts here out of Ephesians in chapter number 3. They say the book of Ephesians uh, can be called the Grand Canyon of the Pauline Epistles. And uh, I know some people uh, might might... There might be a debate about which, which book of, of Paul's, which letter of Paul's is really the greater. Was it the book of Romans or was it the book of Ephesians? And maybe, maybe, um, Mount Everest is Romans and, uh, K2 is Ephesians. I, I don't know. But what I do know is that this passage, this book, uh, the book of Ephesians is a deep book and it is a, a, a book that dives deeper than many other of the epistles. But I want to draw our attention to these last few words of chapter number 3 in the book of Ephesians. And it's one of Paul's two prayers in this book. The first one is found in chapter number 1 there, verses 16 to verse number 23. And then the second prayer is found here in chapter number 3. And this prayer deals with a bit of a, a tough subject to deal with. In fact, as you read through the book of Ephesians multiple times, it uses the word mystery. And uh, there are some things in God's Word that are mysteries to us. Things that we won't fully understand. Things about God that we won't fully understand until we're truly in His presence. And uh, I think that some of the, the subject matter in this prayer of Paul's uh, could be classified as those mysterious things. And so... It says here in, in verse number 14, we'll start reading of chapter number three of the book of Ephesians. It says this, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of, who the, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And may God be blessed by the reading and hearing of His Word. As I began to study this passage of Scripture, the verse that really stood out to me was actually verse number 18. And you've heard the song, The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. And in verse number 18 there, we see the Apostle Paul praying, and he's praying for these, these saints in Ephesus, and he's praying this, that they would comprehend, that they would know with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height 
and to know the love of Christ. And I wonder what it would be like tonight if we fully comprehended and knew Christ's love. To know how vast it is. The hymn says that if the, 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 the skies were parchment and the ocean were ink and the, all the stocks on the earth were quills, that the sky couldn't contain it all. It's beyond us. It's a, it's a thought, it's a comprehension that seems far outside of our finite beings, who we truly are. Yet here Paul prays and desires that these people would experience God in that way. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a few uh, dozens of decades ago, said this, not decades, a few decades ago, sorry, said this, if I were asked to name the greatest trouble among Christians today, including those who are evangelical, I would say it is our lack of spirituality and of a true knowledge of God. Do you know God? Do you truly know Him? Do I know God? Do I truly know Him? We have a certain knowledge about God and we are experts in the Christian attitude towards politics, social drama, art, literature, etc. But do we with Paul say that our deepest desire is to know Him? I think it's very, very true of Christianity today that we do know how we are to respond to political things. We do know how we are to, to, to act towards certain sins and towards certain social things. We understand how we are to respond to different cultures. But do we really know God? Do you know God? And if I, if I were to be honest with you tonight, I ought to be the first one to stand here and to say and to confess, I do not know God the way this passage describes Him, and the way that I ought to. I, I know honestly that I'm, I'm not comprehending the breadth and length and depth and height really knowing the love of Christ. I mean, sure, I love Him because He first loved me. I understand the Bible says, for God so loved the world. I understand that the Bible says that God is love. But do I truly comprehend it? Do I know it in my deepest being? Who God is and His love for me? Am I really rooted and grounded in love? Can I say that Christ is dwelling in my heart? Do I know the riches of His glory? Multiple times the, the, the Scriptures here in the book of Ephesians, He talks about God's riches, the riches of His grace, the riches of His grace and His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus, the riches of His glory, of His inheritance in the saints. God is a rich God. He's rich in, in mercy. He's rich in grace. He's rich in love. But do you and I comprehend that? Do we know Him? Do we know His love? Do we know who He is? Or do we just know how we're to live as Christians? This is what Paul devotes his prayer to. And this ought to be. This prayer ought to be a prayer of ours. That you and I would pray that God would dwell in us that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. How interesting is this? That Paul Paul prays, right? He's praying. He's a praying man. He's a man who's given his life to prayer. And you read through the, the epistles of Paul, and time and time again, he, he talks about his prayer life. He encourages people to pray. Ephesians chapter 6, he tells us that we should would pray with all prayer. And there are 
Prayer is a big part of the Christian life. Paul's a praying man. But notice here, he doesn't just pray for himself. I, how many times have you and I spent our, our, our time in prayer? We say, man, I need to spend time with prayer. And we, we rush into prayer. And the only thing we pray for is, Lord, do something in my life. I wonder, do you pray for, for other believers, for other Christians? And notice here, his prayer is not for physical health. We, we often pray for others, Lord, please physically heal them. Deal with their physical problems and their sores and their aches and their wounds and the different things they're dealing with. Deal with them physically. But what about praying for people's spiritual health? Do you, do you know why I fear in my own life? Confession. I know that we don't believe in confession, but I'm going to confess here. Do you know why I think I don't pray prayers like Paul is praying here? Because I haven't experienced God that way. I haven't experienced Him enough to pray that somebody else would experience Him that way. I, I'm, I'm not communing in my own life with God the way I ought to. So that I, how, how could I even pray for somebody else to commune with God that way if I'm not communing with Him in the manner I ought to? I wonder, do you pray for people? Do you pray for others? Paul prays here. He says, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he spends his time praying to God not to be confused with those who spend many hours in prayer and praying to nothing. There are thousands of people in the world today who are better prayers than us, but they don't pray to God. They pray to, 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 to wooden statues and to golden statues. They pray to stones, but their prayers are unanswered. I challenge you to pray to the true and living God. And pray for the saints. Not just for physical health, but for spiritual health. Not just for the, the, the government to sort itself out. What if we pray that the government, instead of just the government getting everything sorted, what if we prayed that they would just get right with Christ? What, what would happen? What would happen if, if the prime minister came to Christ? I think it would change things. What would happen if, if the MPs, uh, the, local, the local governors and different things like that got right with Christ? Uh, you know, there are a lot of distractions in this world. There are a lot of governmental things that we could get all very excited about, but the greatest need in our world is, is not a vaccination. The greatest need in this world is a vaccination, I guess, in a sense, but is a cure to sin. And the sin has been given, the cure, the cure has been given, it's Jesus Christ. That's what people need. We don't need uh, to get so distracted with these things. Paul prays. Paul prays. Do we pray? Notice what he prays for. Verse number uh, 16, he says he prays that God would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. He prays for inner strength. He prays, verse number 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. I wonder, do, do we have faith? Christ dwells in us in the moment of faith. I wonder, is He in your life? Verse 17, He prays that, that the, the saints in Ephesus, that these Christians would be rooted and grounded in love. He prays that they would comprehend with all the saints the breadth and length and depth and height. He prays that they would know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. 
beyond what our, our finite brains, our physical brains can comprehend and hold. He prays all these things for them. And then he prays this last one, verse number 19. He prays this, all this, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. He prays this, that ye, that you and I, that the, the saints in Ephesus in that day, and, and no doubt the saints of our day, would be filled with all the fullness of God. He was praying, his desire for those people was that they would experience God and that they would know him deeper and to know him to the depth that they would be filled with all the fullness of God. I wonder, do you know, do you know God in that way? Do you feel his fullness in that way? It's interesting. You, you think about our world today and you think about people and it's interesting that people in our world want to be filled. We want to fill our stomachs. We get hungry and, and we say, man, I, I need to go get something to eat to satisfy that desire. We want to be satisfied. We want to find peace. Maybe there's a new self-help book, uh, uh, something that we can read that will give us satisfaction. We want to find happiness. We want to find contentment. People are looking for this. People spend their entire lives seeking fulfillment. And they are filled. The reality is a lot of people get filled. They get filled with wealth. They get filled with social media and TV. They get filled with knowledge and degrees and letters after their name. They get filled with pleasures and lusts and hobbies. They get filled with alcohol and drugs and all that the world has to offer. They're filling all their fancies. But they're still unsatisfied. And the scariest thing about this to me Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, vanity of vanities, all is vanities. The scariest thing to me about this, people are seeking to be filled. The, the scary part is, is that this is not just lost people. It is not just people who are lost that desire to be filled with this world. I, I think that there are maybe even in this room tonight, people who would profess to be Christians, people who say, I know Christ is my Savior, that are still seeking to be filled with that which does not satisfy. But Paul's prayer wasn't that people would be filled. It was that people would be filled with all the fullness of God. It's not just satisfaction in life, but it's satisfaction in all the fullness of God. I wonder, are you satisfied tonight? with Jesus Christ? Is He enough for you? Or, or is your life, well, Jesus Christ fills a part of it. It fills my Sundays and it fills my Wednesday nights and it fills a bit of me, but then on the weekends I, I fill my life with other things. Is Christ enough for you? Or is there a certain place you want to be? Is there a certain person you want to know? Is, is there something else that is more satisfying in your life, that is more filling in your life? More brings more contentment to you than Jesus Christ, than God. This is what Paul's saying. The thing is, is many of us may even leave the, the, the walls of this tent tonight and something else, something other than Christ. Paul says, I want you to know God's love. 
I want you to know the presence of Christ in your heart. I want you to know the stability of being rooted and grounded. I want you to know the Spirit strengthening power in the inner man to know what it is to be filled with all the fullness of God. We need God in our lives. Is He satisfying to you? It's interesting here. This, this is a, a phrase that, you know, if, if Ephesians was a mountain and, and people have talked about it, I believe that verse number 19 would be the pinnacle. It would be the top. It would be where the greatest vistas are seen. You see, you say, somebody says, well, what about uh, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9? No doubt. What about verse number 3 of chapter 1? No doubt. Great uh, viewing points of all the glories of God. But what would it be like to stand upon the precipice, the on the, the pinnacle of chapter 19 and say, I am filled with all the fullness of God. What would it be like to look and to see and to behold the glory of God? This is the, the same idea, the same subject that pastor's been speaking about the last several weeks with Moses. Show me thy glory. Show me thy way. A desire to know God. But what even is this fullness? What does this mean? He says, I want you to be filled with all the fullness of God. But what does that even mean? First of all, it's not sinless perfection. There was one perfect in this world. And Colossians tells us that it was Jesus Christ in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Christ was filled into sinless perfection. Can I tell you, you and I know, you read the book of uh, Romans and, and Paul talks about the law of sin that's always pulling us down as gravity will always, things will always fall down because of gravity. So the law of sin pulls us. It's a part of us. And there's coming a day when, when we'll be delivered from that, no doubt. But in this life, we will not obtain absolute sinless per- perfection. It is also not possessing all the attributes of God. Sure, there are some attributes that we ought to possess, but things like His omnipresence, His omniscience, His omnipotence, His invariableness, these are not things that you and I are are going to obtain in this physical life. But what is it then to be filled with all the fullness of God? It is this. It is when God has total control, rule and reign physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally, And all our satisfaction and contentment is in Him, He, and us. Are you filled with Him? Is He Lord of your life? Or is there something else that is pulling you? Something else that has a part of your life? Or Or is God in your life? Is He filling you? Filled with all the fullness of God. How do we obtain this fullness? How, how can that fullness, how can verse number 19, that I might be filled, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God, how can it be mine? Notice first of all, verse number 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Can I tell you this evening, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will never experience the filling power of, 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 of the Holy Spirit or of God. You will never experience what is spoken of in verse numbers 14 through 21. You'll never experience it unless you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. That Christ may dwell in your hearts. A lost man cannot know what it's like to be alive. A lost man cannot know what it's like to be filled. But the good news is Jesus Christ has come that you might be saved. He said that the Son of Man has come to seek 
and to save that which is lost. And if you're here tonight and you say, I'm lost, I don't know how to be right with God. Can I tell you something? God is here knocking on your heart's door. Will you respond to Him? Will you respond? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He can and wants to be your Savior. I wonder, will you respond to Christ? That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Believe. Let go of this world and put your trust in Jesus Christ. Do you know Him as your Savior? If you don't, can I tell you, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you're missing out. You're missing out. The Christian life is not a list of do's and don'ts. It's being filled with God. It's knowing Him. It's following Christ. It is a, is a glorious thing. It is a freeing thing. It's a liberating thing. It's, it's the change of sin, the, the wickedness of this world falling off of your back as, as pilgrim and, and, and a Christian in pilgrim's progress lost his burden. It's, it's a freeing experience. Christianity and putting your faith in Christ is the one thing you need tonight if you don't know Him. You need Christ. You need to know Him. You will not ever be filled with the lusts of this world. You will always need more. You'll continue to seek. You'll continue to wander. You'll continue to search. Hoping to be filled. And only find yourself lacking satisfaction. Christ alone satisfies. You cannot be filled with all the fullness of God unless you've been saved. Unless you've put your trust in Him. Secondly, not only that my... Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. But secondly, notice this. Verse number 16. That He would grant you according to the riches of His glory. Can I tell you, it is not our riches. It is not my riches. It is not what I do that is going to be filling me with God's fullness. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why? For they shall be filled. I wonder, do you hunger? Do you thirst tonight? You can be filled with Christ. John chapter 4, verse 14, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The water that satisfies. John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Your satisfaction tonight is found in the riches of Christ. It's not in who you are. It's not in what this world has to offer. It is in Him and what He has offered to us. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. It is salvation. Christ may dwell in your heart. It is by the riches of God. But thirdly, it is also this by His Spirit, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. Luke chapter 10, verse 21, And that our Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank Thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that Thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in Thy sight. Matthew sixteen seventeen, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Blessed are Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10. But as it is written, I hath not seen, ear, nor ear heard, 
neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. I wonder, are you filled with the fullness of God tonight? Not, not just the fullness, but all the fullness of God tonight. One last passage this evening. Turn with me to the book of Song of Solomon's. It's a passage of Scripture that I recently have been reading every time before I open God's Word. Every time before I begin to read and study the, the Word of God in the morning. And this is, this is Solomon writing, no doubt, but it, the, the picture here is, is it's of the bride seeking the bridegroom. The bride is seeking her husband. And it says this in Solomon, Song of Solomon, chapter number three, verse number one. This, this is how you're filled with the fullness of God. It says this, verse number one, by night on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loveth. Pause there for a second. That's a good thing. To seek the Lord. The Bible says, seek and ye shall find. I wonder, are you seeking the Lord? Maybe the reason I'm not filled with the fullness of God and you're not filled with the fullness of God is because we're not looking for it. We don't want it. Do you want the fullness of God in your life tonight? Seek Him. By night on my bed, I sought Him whom my soul loveth. I sought Him, but I found Him not. Oh, isn't that sad? The, 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 the bride was seeking the groom, but she couldn't find him. You know, the reality is, is I, think, I think many of us in my own life, we seek God. We seek Him in prayer. We seek Him in Bible study in the morning. But as soon as we find Him not, we say, man, I couldn't find Him. That's it. I'm done. I'll just go on with my day. Notice what happens. I sought Him, but I found Him not. Verse number 2. I will rise now and go about the city in the streets and in the broad streets. I will seek Him whom my soul loveth. I sought Him, but I found Him not. She says, oh, and, and the, where I was, He wasn't there in the comforts of my home. It wasn't easy to find. I had to go out into the streets and I had to look for Him. I had to stand up. I had to rise up. I had to work for it and, and go into the broad way seeking whom my soul loveth. I was seeking Him. I wanted Him. But I found Him not. Verse number 3. The watchmen that go about the city found me. To whom I said, saw ye Him whom my soul loveth? She, she went and found others to help. But in verse number 4, notice this. It was but a little that I passed from them. But I found Him whom my soul loveth. I held Him and would not let Him go until I brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. You know what happens there? He says, look, I, I, the, the, the woman there says, I was seeking. I was looking. I wanted to see, but I couldn't find him. So she, she rushed outside and she said, I was seeking. I was looking. I wanted to see. I wanted to find him. And she couldn't find him. So she kept searching. She kept searching. She kept going until she had experienced God, can I tell you tonight, this is what we need. We need to be people who are passionately pursuing Jesus Christ. 
who are seeking after Him, who are going after Him, who will not be satisfied to just get a glimpse or just to see Him walk around the street corner or to see Him afar off a, 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 a few hundred yards, a few hundred meters down the way. And, oh, He's down there. No, we need to seek and to pursue God. We need to be filled with all the fullness of God. I wonder, Christian, tonight, are you filled with all the fullness of God? And if you're not, will you, will you commit with me to seek Him? Say, I want to find Him. I want to know Him. I want to know what it's like to experience God personally. Not just, not just somebody else's experience, but to know Him myself. Can I tell you, seek Him, pursue Him. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Christ. Can I tell you something? Today is the day of salvation. Come. He said, Whosoever cometh to me, I will in no wise come cast out. Come to him. Respond. Seek him. May we all find Christ. May we know him personally. May he be our God. May he be our Lord. And may we all be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord, we thank Thee this evening for Thy Word. We thank Thee for this time to gather, to have the, the liberty and the freedom to gather here like this tonight, Lord. I pray and I ask that Thou deal with us. And deal with me, Lord. May I not stand a hypocrite tonight. Lord, may, may I be filled with all the fullness of God. And may all of us here tonight be filled with all the fullness of God. And, and may it not be for our sakes. May we, may we see as, as the Scriptures continue that that God is glorified. That Thou art glorified in our lives and who we are. We pray and ask that we would truly give our lives to Thee. And I do pray, Lord, for that lost soul here tonight. One, two, three. I don't know how many are here, Lord. But I pray and ask that You would reach down and save them this evening. Help them to see who Christ is. Help them to know true satisfaction. True fullness in God. Would would. Would you have total control of our lives? We pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.